Captain America throws his mighty shield. The TV fans are taking over. This is Across the Airwaves. You're different. Now, don't let anyone tell you that you have nothing to offer. Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. And welcome back to the Marvelverse podcast, Across the Airways podcast, dedicated to Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Yield, and Marvel's Netflix shows. I'm Nick Amy, your hostess for today, and joining me are some fellows that are fighting over who gets to hold Ada's hand at the movie to talk about this <laughs> yeah. week, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Introduce yourselves, guys. Hello, I am Cookie Monster, but I'll also be talking in Southern Accent today in honor of Miss, uh, Miss Elizabeth Hanstreet's awesome Southern Accent today. <laughs> <laughs> And I am Wu-S Kim. I'm sorry. The reason I was pausing there for a little bit is I listened to Luis from Ant-Man say what he did all over the holidays. Took about 45 minutes to get through. You know, my cousin who likes the ones. I'm Dr. Prickle Pants. Hello, Dr. Prickle Pants. Also known as Steve. I think that's my favorite nickname for you ever. Yes. Well, we hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. Uh, We ran here as well. Uh, And just a little bit of Marvel news came out of the last week. So, woo. So, so we had some Marvel news, as Nikki Nikki was saying. It has been confirmed that Dr. Stephen Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, will be in a quite significant role in Thor Ragnarok. And I know Nikki is totally hard, hard broken by that because she doesn't like Doctor Strange or Benedict Cumberbatch at all. Yeah, the idea of, of Cumberbatch and Hiddleston in the project again together just, you know, it just makes the ovaries implode. Uh, and, you know, I really don't need that right now. I thought that was uh, a treatment enough, for that. I had, enough, I had enough of that during The Force Awakens you know, when oh. Poe Dameron showed up. Um, no, I'm, I'm absolutely, I mean, the, the rumors were there. We kind of knew it was coming. Um, I mean, it was basically my, confirmed by the post credit scene of Doctor Strange. So. Right, but we didn't know how involved it would be and uh, how big a role he would have. Uh, so to know that it's going to be significant, which I think is a really good second outing for, for Steve Strange's universe uh, to be followed up with in War of Wars. Um, I think what is that? Know. What is Infinity War? I've never heard of it before. Oh, it's, it's, it's just this, this little tiny, like one, two issue miniseries that they did a few years ago in the comics. Um, no, but uh, you <laughs> have two outstanding actors in Hiddleston and Cumberbatch. I look forward to them going toe to toe. Uh, the fact that they're also the best, you know, will bring it added dynamic. And uh, I can't wait to see life. Doctor Strange, Loki, and Vision talk, talking in this because those <laughs> all three of those guys, gonna, all three of those guys are really good friends too. Yeah, um, and Paul Bettany is—I probably said it before—he's such a lovely. Guy. I didn't know he was married to Jennifer Connelly until I saw oh, yeah. his Larry King yeah. interview. That—that's actually how I met him. So. Oh really? Was, that's cool. Yes, um, I worked with a teacher who was cousin, who was a cousin of Jennifer Connelly, and oh, was invited so... to Bettany and Mr. Bettany and his home, home as part of a barbie family barbie so that's all awesome. so lovely, it's kind of it's kind of interesting like this six degrees of marvel because jennifer connelly also played betty, betty. in the, the original hulk so it's still kind of all yeah, in well, the... 
yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna remember that one. But we're it's gonna... still kind of funny to me that 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 that, yeah. is, that, that is the we're, case. We're, that that of, movie does not exist. <laughs> Speaking oh. of Hulk, um, we also got the official synopsis for Thor Ragnarok, which is pretty awesome. And we're not gonna go over that in this because you can read it for yourself. Um, basically, from what I what I can gather, it's basically like Russell Crowe's Gladiator in the MCU. It seems like what I'm getting is that it's like a three act, three separate acts that all like form one big arc because I think the first act is going to be Hulk and Thor and the gladiator match with the Grandmaster and I feel like Thor is out there because um he's uh going he's looking for Infinity Stones and uh he ends up running afoul of the Grandmaster yeah. and then he escapes gets back to Asgard finds that um well discovers after it's kind of been known already that Loki has uh ousted Thor, um, Odin somewhere and now Thor is basically carrying him around and then Thor decides to take him around the nine realms trying to find Odin and that's when they run into Doctor Strange and then the third act is going to be um, discovering Hela and then she launches her attack on Asgard and then Doctor Strange, Loki, um, Thor, and probably Hulk have to defend it. That's my thoughts of how the movie's going to go. James, just for that, Kevin Feige is going to hear this and say, oh, you think that's what's going to happen? Or oh, we're just going to cheat that order around. <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it's a unique structure and I hope that they actually do that because I think that'd be very different for them, but I also think it's storytelling, which is something I expect Heiko Waititi to one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, By the, the Concords, baby. I'm just scared that the movie's going to end up being too overstuffed because I don't want another Spider-Man 3. I, I could, I could, well, based on his other work and I'm going with, you know, The Hunt for the Wilderlings and, uh... What we do in the shadows. What we do, oh, that'd be so much. He's really good at pulling back and being subtle rather than overstuffing. He, I think that it sounds like a lot, but I think that he is a filmmaker who can pretty masterfully make that work. So, I'm, I am very high hope for it, whereas I did not for Dark World. By the way, yeah. speaking, speaking of Thor, um, congratulations Mr. Tom Hiddleston for your Golden Globe win this past Sunday. Congrats. Yes, and, and I don't care what anybody says, I thought he's... Yeah. And he also, like, made, he also clarified it on his Facebook and made it clear that he wasn't trying to compliment right. himself, as people right. have said. So. And he was trying to make a comment about what's going on in the world, so... Yeah. And in other Doctor Strange news relating to Thor, we are going to get um, the part two of the funny, funny viral video that we got at San Diego Comic-Con with Daryl and Thor on, no. the, on the Doctor Strange DVD. On yes. the Doctor Strange Blu-ray. And, oh, yes, yes. That sounds awesome. Yes, because I love that. Because I love that they only like took a day or two to just film that thing. And and supposed to a great sense of humor. But I'm really interested I'm really interested to, to see to James's point because we have a big cast in this movie. But, you know, I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the intergalactic Thor film that we've never really got yet. Kind of got in in the dark world. And also something that like keeps with the tone and also just the general craziness of the Norse myths. Yeah. I want full on on Walt Simonson Thor. That's what I want. Well, I also think that you have a cast that is like their director, but in more ways exceptional. You have Kate Blanchett as Hela. I mean, that's like, that's Carl Urban. Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Tess Thompson. Tess Thompson. I think that when you have a cast as talented as have you you chose the person and these are not actors who overact these are not actors who ham up the screen except for sometimes Jeff Goldblum does but that's kind of part of his charm um and I think that the way it will come together it might be a longer movie than we were used to yeah I'm expecting two and a half hours at least but I think that it will be filled and we will not feel like we've been sitting there watching a half hour because Captain America Civil War was that length and it really didn't feel that way it moved it moved moved fairly quickly yeah it did I think this one will too because Taika has really great pacing to his films and he worked with amazing people and I think his own editor is going to be a part of this and so um, I have no fear over 
Ragnarok. And um, and Mark Mark Mothersbaugh from from Devo, and he did the score for Rugrats, the nineteen nineties animated series. Is also going to score the film. It's going to awesome. be interesting. He's, he's no, he's an amazing, he's an amazing comp- composer of Dick. Uh, of course, he's done really work. Uh, and so, did we all? And we all saw the Spider Man Homecoming trailer. Oh, God, yes. Trailers, <laughs> trailers. What did you? What did you two think? Because James and I already did our thought order. I'm leaving the floor for you guys. What guys? Steve, why don't you go? I absolutely loved it. Oh my God, I can't wait for this movie. Yeah, it's just that Spider Man with wings. You can't get better <laughs> than that. What What did you two like better, the international or the domestic, or the U.S. to be more specific? I like the domestic one better. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did why. too. Did you like the song that they used, Nikki? Yes. Yeah, great song choice. I thought that it was the. It didn't give too much away, and I hate trailers that where you go, okay, well we've seen the movie now. Yeah. That's right. like the worst trailers ever. I was like, well, I don't have to watch this movie now um i thought it was it had it struck every note a spider-man movie should it struck note that the other previous spider-man movies failed to and that's just in the trailer um i think the humor was more natural and more uh more organic i should say um i love the inclusion of robert downey jr in anything and i love every minute of him in trailer i'm hoping that's not all we get of him yeah because i think i think when you have two actors who have that natural chemistry like he and tom do um then you've got to play it up but i think that they realize that when they when they cast him and they put him in civil war like oh my god these two are like just riffing off each other they're they're it's like well, jazz music almost i think like, tom is just boom, a great boom, boom. actor and i think he was making it managing to keep it hold his own against everyone in civil war like because he had some pretty good lines with other characters oh, god. Too. oh totally and he too i mean that's what i was going for is like you cast someone who can go toe-to-toe with rdj and hold their own he could hold his own with anybody in that sense i mean he was quick he was i mean you know a lot of some of those things were improvised and he just went with it the he, the the line it's from like, it's like jazz it's boom 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 it's the, just it's complimentary the line from civil war is like move the leg i'm gonna sit there that was totally from robert Downey. oh yeah <laughs> i heard i heard that in the commentary what did you guys both think of a re- resident beetlejuice Birdman, Batman, michael keaton as walter i think he's gonna do great as a villain i just i'm a huge I, fan of, of him and just can't wait i agreed i bit a michael keaton fans mr mom when i saw it in the theater yeah. when i was like what six years old seven years old yeah um, i can't believe his first working job was mr rogers neighborhood it was... <laughs> and and the yeah. uh mary tyler moore like variety show with david letterman yeah you know or uh which they love to show clips of whatever michael was on letterman um he was a stand-up comic he's brilliant he's funny i think he's one of our great underrated actors and that's why i'm so glad that when he did Birdman, ironically enough for that one <laughs> he kind of had his he kind of had his comeback which i'd been waiting for yeah um, it's gonna be interesting to see how the founder turns out because he looked because it's gonna the founder looks like a very interesting movie. Yeah, and he's the movies he's chosen to do since obviously Birdman, like Spotlight. Uh, even though in that horrible RoboCop reboot, uh, <laughs> that wasn't on him. That wasn't on him. No, by the way. no, no, not at all. I was gonna say, no matter what piece of crap movie he's been in, yeah, and he's done some bad movies, but so have most of the people. So have most actors we, we like, they you have paid somehow. He is <laughs> always the strongest part, and when he is in a strong film, he still stands out as strong. Yeah. And I think that this looks like Spider Man looks like a strong script a strong director a very strong hat and i have i'm looking forward to this spider-man more than i'm looking i have looked forward to any spider-man movie because after the first one with toby i was like okay well we got spider-man i guess <laughs> we're stuck with him i guess we're stuck with the spider-man and then we got andrew and i love andrew corfield i loved it when I, I fell in love with him when he was on doctor who and i was like oh he I was on him. doctor who yeah he yeah. was in Ep- yeah, oh, he's in Manhattan. Manhattan, yeah oh okay two-parter okay with an american 
American accent. Cool. Because that's the first time I saw Carrie Mulligan, too, who's a big name now. Yeah, Sally Sparrow, yeah. Yes. Um, but, and then we got Andrew, and I was like, okay, I love Andrew, and I love Emma, but the stories just weren't there. Yeah. And then they, the second one was totally overlooked, like the third. Well, it's been said before that the two previous Spider-Man, like, they had the opposite problem where McGuire was a great Peter Parker, but not a good Spider-Man. Same, same thing flipped with Andrew Garfield. Great Spider-Man, but... Well, that's hey. how I felt about George Clooney's Batman, was I thought he was a great Bruce Wayne, but not a great Batman. Yeah, same thing with Dean Cain. Good super... Good Clark Kent, but Clark. Not, not, not a great Superman. Right, even though, you know, I watched that show, like, religiously. Oh, so did I, but... No, Dean uh, Cain. No, no, I, now I can see people's points, but... Oh, yeah, I saw it at the time, but it was like, hey, Dean Cain. But speaking of our friendly neighborhood under ruse, um, there was a little bit of controversy. I don't know if that's the right word to use. That when the Avengers Infinity War cast list initially came out, Spider-Man Tom Holland was omitted from that list. Now, just sort of breaking news, we get an interview from Tom Holland saying, yes, he will be in Avengers Infinity War. Discuss. Oh, well, Doctor Strange and Gamora, I think yes. they were confirmed for it. And the, and the debut of one of Nikki's least favorite characters, Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I just hate Carol. Yes. And, um, and Brie Larson. Uh, so one last thing Monica, I want to say. I love Monica Rambeau. Uh, the Guardians. Yeah, the Guardians. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, all, all of the Guardians are going to be in it. And James Gunn has, um, Zoe Saldana has confirmed that James Gunn is going to be one of the producers, kind of the way Favreau was on the original Avengers. Good. Yeah. And uh, one last thing I want to say about Homecoming. Um, I think I might have figured out why Peter's in his old costume at one point in the movie, in trailers, which, which seems like the the final battle. And I think it's because, um, because Peter seems to be in the movie, like he wants to try and step out of Tony's shadow and try and like become his own hero. I feel like he's, I feel like Tony's going to get mad at him and like repossess the good the suit. suit. And then yeah. so Peter's going to have to reduce, re- re- go back to his old suit and try and take but down the, the vulture. But thankfully what wasn't in that new suits design was Peter's web shooters that he developed himself. And I understand how pe- some people think that Spider-Man being like Iron Man's apprentice kind of devalues him as like a standalone character, but it's it's variety in in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Spider-Man is the the youngest of all of the Avengers, not include not including Scarlet Witch. Which, by the way, Russo brothers, please please stop with the short skirts on Scarlet Witch. I can't concentrate on her scenes because I'm distracted by other things. And that's where I'm going. Oh jeez. I'm sorry. Oh, just look above the waist. I'm so um, I'm turning more into Tony every day. I'm turning. No, I think that I actually think that having our oldest, so to speak, uh, hero t- Tony Stark mentor our youngest. Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful thing because Tony has more. I mean, obviously Thor is older, but he also is not of Earth. Yeah. Um, Hulk is older, but he's Hulk. It's a little different. He's not exactly. <laughs> he he kind of plays. He's sometimes the hero, sometimes he's. And it's in the comics that way, like in the original Civil right. War. That right. Cap- so who else would you want to mentor Peter Parker in this this teenager who is kind of a not kind. Kind of, he's a total misfit. Uh, who else would have mentor him in this new world for him? This whole new idea of him being a hero, of having a secret identity, of all this, than Tony Stark. And I love Iron Man himself. And I love in the trailer that we see, and I had to look back and, and see this that on the list of 
great scientist at the very end is Bruce Banner. Yes. And John Slattery, Howard Stark is in a mural. I, I actually, I have one more thing to say about Spider-Man and Infinity War and then we'll move on to the the episode proper. Um, I think it would be stupid for Sony at this point not to allow, and Marvel as well, not to allow Spider-Man and Infinity War because the numbers have shown more people watch these team-up movies than the standalone films. So why wouldn't you, so what, why wouldn't you for good publicity want to put Spider-Man in there to bring that extra audience that only likes Spider-Man? It, it only benefits Sony if they, if they let them, if they use, let Spider-Man do Infinity War, which it looks like they are. So uh, and yeah. I just, you know, they just now Fantastic Four need to be given the treatment it deserves and maybe we do crossovers with Fox and the X. Yeah. But I have no hope of that or Submariner ever coming out play. So Yeah, but I, I'm, th- I'm thinking, <clears throat> and this is more about Infinity War, look at what yeah. they're about to face. I think they need all the help they can get. Well, yeah, uh, totally. And, yeah. and that's totally. why I'm so glad that Sony is, you know, say is doing the smart thing and saying, yeah, you can use Spider-Man, but we want a piece of, ca- we want a piece of the action. Marvel's like, okay. Yeah. And the perfect ending and credit scene for Thor Ragnarok, and I'm sorry to go all over the board here, is somebody like to knock on Thor's door and it's Star-Lord. And he's like, <laughs> hey, dude, um, we, we heard about your problem. Um, do you need a ride to Earth? <laughs> and um, one last thing, just really quick before we get to the episode, a comic book that would be very relevant for the today's time. And I think Marvel put it, so if we could put it out this time for that reason, is um, U.S. Avengers number one, which just came out last week and it should still be on shelves. And it's a team of, Amer- of um, Americans of lots of different uh, ethnic backgrounds, for instance, uh, the leader of the team is um, uh, Roberto da Costa, a.k.a. Uh, Sunspot, who is Brazilian-American. Um, we have Iron Patriot, who is an Asian-American girl. Um, Dr. Tony Ho. Uh, um, one second, just flipping through. Uh, Enigma, who is Swedish-American. Um, and uh, Red Hulk, Squirrel Girl, who is awesome. And uh, Cannonball, who is a good old Southern boy. So, and also Red Hulk. And please so, cast Anna Kendrick as Squirrel Girl. She's, <laughs> she's interested. So, and I think it would be really interesting to see her in an Avengers film. <laughs> yeah, and also I think it's America Ferrera who's wearing the Captain America suit on the cover, but I'm not entirely sure yet. I, I believe it is. That, that would actually be a good crossover to, in the same vein as what they did with Sam Jackson, bring America Ferrera to play a character in the MCU. Because I, I would want to produce it. I, I wouldn't want to write it because I don't think I would do it, you know, it's justice. But I would, I would want to see a live action female Avengers team led by Sharon Carter. Yeah. Bobby Morton. Yeah, well, she could be the comic book. Well, well, she could be a team member, but I, I just, I, I mean, like you've got a lot of badass females. I think it's time you do a female film. Yeah. And Jasmine is open to doing one too. And now on to what we're doing today. What are we doing today, James? We are discussing Agents of Shield season four episode something or other. I'm trying. I lost my place. Nine. Um, Nine. uh, Number nine. nine Entitled. Yeah, it's episode nine. Yes. It's episode nine or ten, one of the two. Um, it's nine. It's nine. Titled Broken Promises, in which Coulson's unaware of a dark secret May, not really May, but May, is hiding, <laughs> even as the two grow closer, and Ada is determined to find the dark hole. Yes, I dubbed during uh, live tweeting, I dubbed her Maida. Yeah. Maida, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> People seem to like that. So um, so also we got uh, Yo-Yo, uh, Natalia, like some of our clubmates. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And shout out yeah, to Agent still needs to watch things shot. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> I, I do. What have I had time? Um, so it's only out. it's only like three or four minutes per episode. James, James, James. We do not judge people for having busy lives and busy schedules. Or computer infested with viruses. Yes, Joss Whedon. <laughs> Joss Whedon himself said 
that during the press tour for Age of Ultron that he was far too busy to watch Daredevil. So, and I cannot blame him for being too busy. Still, no, Daredevil no. is like longer with one episode than James, I will watch it this week. Um, so, a shout out to the Agency Podcast for all of their uh, all of our back and forth like last night. They're always so cool and so fun. And, show, um, and shout out to Marvel News for helping me up with some of the articles that we mentioned in our news section. So, we begin our our comeback episode after our after our hiatus. Don't you call it a comeback? They have been here for years. <laughs> The cu- the episode comeback. Yes. Uh, Ada has revealed her true colors. So so like, Is it really her true colors though? I guess is what we asked yeah, by the end of the I episode. Mean, we we know so much. Of, like the end of the episode informed beginning of the episode so much. It's kind of hard not to reflect on that and have that color what we think of the beginning of the episode because it's like or the beginning we, of the season for that matter. And James, are you disappointed no. or are you disappointed that Mister Mister Doctor Radcliffe has let you down? And that's I was actually like really excited for it honestly like I mean I feel kind of sad that John Hannah's not getting to play like a hero but then again it's fun that he gets to play a villain and he's and it's I'm still like I still find him a really interesting character because I feel like his motivations for being evil are in like their own way good it's just not good execution of them well it's not too dissimilar to Hydra's they they believe that by taking control of the world they're protecting it by Dr. Radcliffe getting him the information that he wants from the Darkhold is possibly going to save lives but as we've which, seen with Ultron the best intentions don't usually merit the best outcome which by the way I noticed something I saw a close-up picture of the Darkhold's cover recently and it's one of those things where if you flip it over it says yeah. the same thing if you it's like no matter which way you read it the Illuminati like the phrase the writing on like anything it is that upside down and that kind of script is fascinating and yeah. I've tried it it's so hard it mm-hmm. is I can't do it it's so hard but yeah I noticed that when we first saw the Darkhold I was like oh it's one of those like from Angel or from uh, I, I have to I have to I have to give kudos to the writers for a second to holding off Radcliffe in this episode you, you know making it clear that because John Hannah and the writers did an amazing job of making you not think that Radcliffe was behind the whole thing until you got into the end of the episode that, that right. was and also like it shows John how John Hannah's like power as an actor that like we all want him to be good because he's yeah. such an awesome he's just such a cool guy and after cool and after what we saw with Ultron, it is it is possible seeing what happened with Tony Stark that a creator would be regretful of what created. So it isn't far fetched to for um, Doctor Radcliffe to react the way they did. I, I did love I, something I reflected on when I was watching. I kind of watched the, the last time over again. Uh, was Radcliffe is as almost as good an actor as John Hannah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he totally had us know about his tensions about Ada, and I just I. I know it's coming. There's going to be a scene where Fit discovers that yeah. he's been played, and, and it's, it's going and to I'm, be. I'm worried about how he's going to react, moment. honestly, because I feel like he might actually like want to side with Radcliffe. Just some I part of him is going Fitz, to want to. I think I think Fitz is inherent son of good, and I think at being betrayed, he does not come back from that. Yeah, we saw that with Ward, and also uh, he's kind of like forgotten his relationship with Gemma, kind of to to be like Radcliffe's apprentice. So I think that's going to hurt him just as much as well. Like, like he's kind of cho- chosen Radcliffe. I mean, chosen 
Redcliffe over Gemma, kind of, because he's his focus has really not been their relationship. His focus has right. really been helping Radcliffe. But also, she's been doing all this stuff for for Jeffy, and she's been you know put a hood put over her head and uh Jeffy, which, <laughs> I which I, I have to I have to uh, paraphrase at the mode no hood yes. uh not the hood put completely over anyway. By the way, I actually have a question about that. Do you think um Brad Bird like was imitating Zsa Zsa Gabor when he was lacing? No, he was and... actually imitating uh the world famous uh fashion uh costume designer from the um uh 40s 50s 60s Edith Head oh, okay. uh, and a little bit of uh Linda Hunt oh there you go okay just that uh, was just uh, random but by, yeah. the, by the way Brad Bird please put Stan uh, Lee in the next Incredibles film if you can <laughs> but, uh, just as Stan Lee because you did it in Big Hero 6 you could do it here yeah well, but Big Hero, six, was, is, Big Hero was, 6 is a Marvel property yeah, yeah but yeah but no, but another yeah but another Disney and Marvel are on the under the same umbrella it wouldn't his be too fun, his, I think it would be cool to see Stan in The Incredibles however he is only in projects that Marvel that he had some attachment to in some way and through Marvel uh, maybe um, maybe you could get like a portrait of Stanley in like in like <laughs> somewhere in the background they did it name in a char- name a character Stan and I'm yeah that works that works but going back Steve, to Steve this- what were you Steve what were you gonna say Still with us, Steve? I think he went off to take care of his dogs. Okay. 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 okay, but move. But so Ada has been revealed as not the kind and sweet and pliable uh, LMD that we thought she was, though we did get hints of before the hiatus. Now she has revealed herself to and the- she, bolts and all <laughs> to, and she hurt fit. Yes, I love that. I love that, that shot. I love that but... shot of of Ada at the beginning of this episode, kind of harkening back to the beginning of this season where you see um daisy dressing you see like ada doing the same thing i like that kind of like stuff it shows a lot of attention to continuity and detail mm-hmm. which is something the show does really really well is they they like to give us little hints yep. of things from before like oh yeah remember that that's kind of parallel it, you know we're, we're kind of giving a wink and a nudge or something i will but say yeah. that um it seems like this uh like the fact that we know that radcliffe is now involved like makes the may being um a captive so makes it so much more sense and makes it like so much clearer now right. yeah just how could he not know yeah exactly. I mean, now you now it's like with now that we know that it's all been his plan from the beginning and that there's more than one ada it's like oh of course he knew oh my god it's like oh my god of course he he orchestrated all of this and it's like you start to go back and think of everything that he's done since we've met him yeah and, and you know when he got involved now he's involved shield and you know that was a part of his plan and he has played every single person in, in shield that he has encountered and to it's scottish charm and to nikki's point if you go back to the end of the last season where they set up this kind of this kind of thing with the lmds this you have to go back to the end of the last season this was his plan all along yeah maybe not the maybe not the dark hold but he something like this for sure well i think that this but once he learned of the dark hold he's like now i can progress this plan and now he's like let's just do it no more no more sitting back and waiting for something to happen no we, we're just gonna go for it we've got this book that we have that now and we're gonna make this all happen and it's like his timeline came up yeah was, was brought forward yep. uh, because of what he saw what right, Eli, exactly. Eli could do it's exactly like, he saw the power of the dark hole he's like this is what I need this is exactly what I need yeah. and so he's not afraid to go okay guess what here I'm gonna twist my mustache and rub my hands together and say hey yes because we did now get we- a Simpsons reference with um, Smithers good on you Jim yeah. Simmons B- before I forget I want to mention the 
new title card that we got, which mm. kind of kind of furthers my theory from like the last episode where we went on before we went on hiatus that Sh- Agents of Shield is kind of borrowing something that Once Upon a Time does, where they do two separate stories within one season. But I think to Nikki's point, because you mentioned this last season that that um, Agents of Shield is doing it better because Once Upon a Time they barely mentioned the previous story, and this it right. leads direct to it like it wouldn't come to run really. Right. It, it's a there's a continuity through all of the storylines where they don't forget where they came from, they don't forget what happened before. That you sometimes you find in TV shows where they do like is like continuity from one season does not match continuity from another season, or characters are never mentioned again who were incredibly important. Or uh, I mean, I remember it happening on a lot of shows in the '80s where you had sitcoms where you'd have things happen, and then five episodes later or two episodes later you'd have a similar story with just it was just like wait a minute, but you in the other episode you said this and now you're what? Um, <laughs> I think Smallville was notorious for this too. I mean, I'm not picking on them, but it's the truth. One of the reasons I stopped watching Once Upon a Time was because I was like, you, you're not there's no consequence yeah. to your story. I don't feel attention in your story. I don't look forward to the resolution because it doesn't mean anything. Whereas with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I feel like when we have a, res- a sort of resolution to a story, it has impact throughout the rest of the story. It impacts every moment. Impact. They don't forget where they came from. I think that's, that might be why they chose to kill Lincoln last season because um, if it had just killed Hive, like it wouldn't really have as much consequence with, if um, to the rest of the characters. It just would be like, okay, that story's done. We can do something right. else now. And no disrespect to that performer. It would have seemed very packed on. Like, it would have seemed, okay, well, now we've ended that storyline. We can move on. It's like, no, there had to be, kind of like with Rogue One, uh, they had to show the emotional pull. And no disrespect to that performer, but Lincoln just never really connected with me. So, Mitchell, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think think he's doing a lot better on Blindspot right now. I think it's like the general consensus. Luke, I love Luke as an actor. I love the idea of Lincoln. However, I think. While I I love a, most of the writing on the show, I don't think they service that character well. Yeah, bring, uh, I think him off and bring him a, back. Taking him off and I bring him back. I think he was written as a throwaway, and when people responded to him because of their because they, they like Luke, then they brought him back. And I don't know if that's the case, but it, he felt like it was throwaway. So when he did die, it was almost anticlimactic because nobody had really gotten a chance to bond with Lincoln. Not even Daisy. Yeah, taking and him I off and bringing felt, him back. I never to... felt that, but there was an emotional pull because of what it led to for Daisy and you got right. that and how Daisy's actions because of Lincoln's death caught what they caused what those actions cost the team. So in that sense they took what might have been a mistake in how they wrote Lincoln and they turned it around and they made it something more powerful right. which was yeah. again Rogue One the emotional cost of war. But speaking of Daisy I think one of my favorite scenes in this episode is her interactions with Gemma and with um, Jeffy, yes. I'll, I'll, with use, Jeffy. Yeah, I'll use that I'll use Nikki's term because really because really I like how the two really don't like each other in when they first meet in his office but then it's like okay like it's kind of like Robbie and Mac they didn't like yeah. each other at first but we're all, we're on the same page because we we're I mean it, it is kind of an X-Men kind of thing with I don't like you but you're still an inhuman and so am I right there's kind of a grudging respect between uh, Daisy and Jeffy and but it's very tenuous yeah. because they don't trust each other and I don't think you can have true respect without trust. And they know that, and they know that they don't. And they know they don't like each other. Yeah. They do not like each other yeah. as human be- as inhumans or as people. They do not, they don't trust each other because they don't trust each other because they both have secrets. And, and, I, and I like that 
that Mace acknowledges that he knows that people don't trust him and like him. Like, that was one of my, that was my favorite moment of all of his moments in this entire season. My favorite moment was him in that office acknowledging that people don't like him because it makes him more human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it made him more real. He wasn't just this uh, motivational poster spewing uh, too good to be true 1950s square jawed hero. Yeah. He's a real guy with real insecurities and you can see and you know go Jason O'Mara you could see how much he really wants that yeah, he wants yeah. to be the hero he wants to have the respect because he wants what Colton he wants to be what Colton probably yeah. probably has something to do with what really happened in Vienna which hopefully yeah. they will get to at some point well, they bring, they that's, what, pro- that's what might be next week that's probably what next week is okay pa- because okay. it's called the Patriot the okay. next episode is called Patriot okay so. get, get Don Cheadle on the line we need him in this episode yeah <laughs> so I did I did love that he I mean I'm sorry I like the character of Jeffrey Mace I like him more after this episode I still will call him Jeffy yes. um, um, because he still annoys me in some ways but I think he's supposed to he's written to annoy me me specifically not anybody else um, but I I am starting to be more open to him sticking around and yeah. I want to know what happened Vienna I don't know if it will change how I feel about him because obviously I'm not that crazy about the character I love the actor and I love how he's being played but the, I think we're not supposed to trust Mace I think it's one of those situations kind of like Maze where she really wasn't the cavalry she just happened to be the only one staying around when the carnage ensued not exactly. how dare you not call her the? she is definitely the cavalry one, one, no, how in, dare you well not in that well not in the situation everybody believes though I know, I, know. She, she, I was just kidding yeah. um, but she, I did like that he apologized for putting the hood over Gemma's head and yeah. uh, I and then which leads us to oh my god Senator Nadir I just a smacker and yes. I do not believe <laughs> violence or violence against women but that woman needs a good shaking but but uh, it's kind of reminiscent of that one episode of Jessica Jones where the woman that hired Jessica only wanted her to kill her because oh yeah because this is because I really like what Marvel does in their comics, in their films, their TV shows, from looking at it from the ordinary person's point of view. And this, is, to me, is one of the things that Marvel has over DC, where you don't really see the average normal per- person in the way that like everyday normal people would react in these kind of situations. Like, right. the people would right. react this way. And Oh, absolutely. There is xenophobia. We, we see it more and more every day in our country and around the world because certain events that have happened and like I understand xenophobia and, and racism and homophobia and this general sense of if you're not a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant you're not worthy of breathing on this planet and then you have a character like Nadir who is exuding those same qualities like you know what you're not if, if you're an inhuman you're it's like they're still human beings but then you say you're seeing this in our government with people saying this about an African American or, or the LGBTQ community exactly I got a a, or Muslim Americans. It's like we're all human freaking being people. I got a and just ser- that that xenophobia. Just it, it's something. I'm an injustice free, and so whenever I see Nadir, I'm just like we're so wrong. But you are reflecting what is going on, and that's what makes me even angrier. Is because mm-hmm. we have to have a character like this who pisses me off because of what's happening in our country right now. And it comes from a very human place. Oh, absolutely. From fear. a place of fear. Yeah, exactly. Right. Z- all all prejudice, all bigotry is fear and ignorance. That's it's that's that's where it comes from and unfortunately yeah. there is no Ultron and there is no Loki to for these people to actually like take a swing at so so of course much like much like it does in American politics or any kind of politics you blame the, the soldiers that saved us for even starting the war to begin with but right. they yeah. still saved us and that, and that 
was the kind of viewpoint that Captain Rogers has. Yeah, we we kind of started this war, but we still ended it, and you guys get to still live your lives. So, right. but but at the same time, I love that VJ, um, Senator Nadir's brother, like she even get she he even gets on her for that even before the violence starts happening. Always yeah. thinking in broad strokes. And by the way, that's exactly. and by the way, that's set that they use for that house. That is one of those beautiful houses I've ever seen. It was it was beautiful, yeah. I just have to say the actor who plays VJ, I um, love that actor. Everything I've ever seen him in, I, he draws me. And I'm so glad that he's not dead. You can follow him on Twitter at the Manish Dayal. That's his name. Yes. He's he's just a lovely he's just such a very lovely, subtle actor. And yeah. the begging in his eyes. And I really did like I understood the senator a little bit more after finding out what happened to their mother. But the whole time I was and I think I tweeted this, I was yelling at the TV, the Chitara and the inhumans have no connection. Yeah. They're totally uh, different. There was no reason the Chitari attack I, had nothing to do with the inhumans. I, the inhumans have nothing to do with Chitari. But again, but like you But again, you used that term earlier, Nikki. Muslim Americans and Muslims from Egypt Egypt or the Middle East, like a lot of people don't see the difference. I know. Mean, or you know, they don't see the difference between ISIS and a Muslim American um, any Muslim walking down the street of London or Cairo or it's like no I had this amazing cab driver when I was I went to Idaho to see my mother for Christmas because some of you know my mother joined the Peace Corps at she leaves in just two um, so I wanted to spend my last Christmas that Christmas with her and I had the most amazing cab driver and he was Muslim and this is in Boise Idaho which is not the friendly place for anyone who is not not the most Idaho. diverse fact, either unfortunately no every time I saw someone of color I wanted to hug them when I lived mm-hmm. there um, coming from Southern California which was as diverse as possible yeah, and then the and then that area of the but, Pacific Northwest that is not. <laughs> no, but Idaho is incredibly Republican, incredibly conservative, and very racist. There's there's a lot of French there. Um, this man was the most positive, amazing man. He had a family. He escaped from Iran, Iraq. He was a chemical engineer being forced to make weapons of chemical destruction under Saddam Hussein. He fled to Lebanon because he felt he it was against his religion. It was against Islam. So you met Dr. Erstein of the Middle East. <laughs> he he did everything he could. He got to this country. He has a family. He is working, doing whatever he can to raise his family somewhere, a place that he feels safe. He doesn't blame anybody for their prejudice. He just said, uh, we talked about this in the cab ride, was being that we're, he and I are both of religions that are not normally accepted as real religions or that have this horrible, like, I'm Buddhist, he's Muslim. People have this really bizarre ideas about what those religions are and what they're about. Um, the problem, it, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram, those are not, that's not Islam. Just like inhumans are not Chitari. Um, there is real the real core of what the fates are have, are being bastardized and the real uh, message of the inhuman is being manipulated and bastardized by one or two bad ones and that's yeah. what's happening in the Middle East that's happening with, with Muslim around the world is and, that they're being painted with the same stroke of one or two bad people and hopefully and I think we're getting to that point in the series that Daisy will have the opportunity to speak in a public forum about, about what inhumans actually are her I think we need that face I think we need her face her Martin Luther King Captain America's speech in, in front of the UN. And the the um uh the Inhumans need another like someone to lead them again. And I think um hopefully that's what the new TV show is gonna somewhat revolve around is like maybe the Royal Inhumans come to Earth seeing like all the um chaos going around with the rest of their species that right. are on Earth and they're just like, Hey, we're here, we're gonna we watch 
watching out for you enough. Yeah, and also, or or offering the humans who are on Earth like a chance to say, hey, you want you don't like living here? We could we have this place. You can come live on our planet with us. I have to believe so. that BJ, if, if for nothing else, hopefully is going to play a big part in this Inhuman series that's gonna start up next at the end of next summer. Just because it's because this, uh, uh, right, this summer, yes, I'm still in 2016. Um, this summer because I'm a Nikki like the, the character of VJ was portrayed so well even in the few lines that he had um I I would really be disappointed if they just killed him off that's why I was disappointed when like his sister shot him which I did not see coming no I no did, I didn't either yeah I did not after she after she'd saved him but I think I was worried once his powers exhibited himself I was like oh man he's just dead yeah, yeah. because I, that one got that one watchdog just was out for his blood because of the, this rabid uh, miss you know ignorance of what yeah. inhumans are uh that he painted like there was one or two bad inhumans and so all inhumans are bad because they're a little bit different than us okay well i have blue eyes does that make me different than people with brown eyes no it's genetic luke leading back to one ancestor who had a genetic mutation a million years ago you know that's just what it is inhumans are genetic mutation it's natural it happens and to see vj possibly survive i think he is, is. yeah why, well, he, why? Cocooned, he cocooned again i mean which means which means what and this is why i'm thinking that he's going to have a role in the Inhuman series because we've never we've never seen like Terragenesis last this long it happened right. again or, it happened again or happened yeah exactly yeah. yeah so right. what, think, what, um, what exactly I was hoping he... he might have some Wolverine re- you know healing, healing powers yeah. but or he could be see him, cocoon, see him was... cocoon again was, was really good and he did last like seven months in that thing yeah like why I think he's probably it's probably not going to last as long this time I think that was just like yeah. I think VJ for whatever reason has so much power in his genetic code that like the this cocoon this re-cocooning is just him like um healing this is how yeah. he heals and i feel like um his healing is probably something like the doctors where as long as he's not like damaged while he's in his cocoon he can he do can that as many times as possible but yeah. if he's damaged in the cocoon it's gonna be permanent and i if feel he, like um yeah. his i feel like his powers like probably change every time he comes out of the cocoon based on what he needs at that point which is or they or pro- their attitude yeah that that could be also but i feel like that's why he um was that's like why his powers didn't manifest until he um was attacked because he, he at that moment he needed to be a speedster so he could move and see this is something that would have been useful for lincoln i kind of like understand or ascertain so to speak is like to describe what vj actually is and what is his purpose he could be like a savior in the inhuman doctrine that they both always talked about but never found because like he could be like the the Rosetta Stone of Inhumans. Yes, he could he could be what help people understand. He could lead the new team. He could lead a team of Inhumans. Yeah, if maybe did. that's what we're being set up for is for VJ and Daisy, and they're gonna fight again if Senator Nadir is part of it, or if the Watchdogs are still gonna be a, a, around. Because damn those Watchdogs, man. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, they just and the superior. Anybody else? Yeah, J- James. James, you had a third leader. Supreme leader Snoke vibes nope. going on. Yeah, James, you had, you had something you wanted to say before we recorded. So I'm gonna give you the floor right now. I think it's uh, Mitchell Carson, the guy from Ant Man, who um, never showed up again.
again, but I feel like he might have like found he because we never he was like associated with Hydra, but I feel like he might be um independent at this point. And I think um whatever like the Watchdogs are probably still working. He's probably like working on finish like recreating the technology that was uh powered Yellow Jacket, but he only has the formula at this point, so he doesn't know what to do with that. But yeah. I think um and we've seen cool people like, and we've seen people use Tatari weapons in the MCU already, so maybe they're trying to trying to combine the yellow jacket technology with Chitauri technology and possibly or, some hammer tech. Or it's um Agent well, Blake. Well hammer's in prison. Well no or but it's Agent Blake who was yeah. um, paralyzed last we saw him, but then he got that thing from uh uh Hive, but we don't know what he did with it. So Exactly. I was thinking Blake too, James. I was thinking well it's but I feel but like then, it wouldn't be a, then it wouldn't be a secret. It wouldn't also but it wouldn't also be a stretch to say that it was um Mitchell Carson's involved if right. it is Blake that's actually leading this. So and too bad we don't have the rights to the Fantastic Four because but, then we could have a Leveria reference in this. Right. <laughs> I, I think that they'll, because of the secrecy around the superior, I think it's got to be someone we're not expecting. So I think that your idea, Jane, work because who's going to think that one of the characters from Ant-Man? Because remember, Gideon now... We never, we never reference Ant-Man or Scott Lang or Hank him really Or the fact that Hydra got a hold of that formula right. that Yellow Jackets... And remember, formula, so. we fans only know the name Mitchell Carson... He, I don't think he even got named in the Ant-Man film. Like yeah, I don't. He did. Yeah, they he did. did. Oh, he, At they the beginning. did. Oh, they no did. Remembered? I don't think. It was. Oh. It was so quick. It was. But I think that making it someone unexpected like that, they're going to have to make people go, "Oh, that guy." That's because right. they did the same thing with Gideon Malik. Remember, it, it was he was in the Avengers film. It, it was treated kind of as a throwaway in the film. You know, not really treated. But it was like, okay, but if you didn't know, like, like we know, because we're like freaking nerds, <laughs> then a lot of people who watch show are like, "Oh, what?" So they <laughs> have to make that pay off they either have to start really hinting at that or talking about Ant- you know Hank Pam Scott Lang and Yellow Jacket because that's one of the few Marvel films that did not get referenced on the show yeah it did got, not impact the show it got Whereas referenced once it got referenced once when they I were think, looking for Gemma like I think Col- Pam- Coulson mentioned it like the explosion at Pim Tech but that was pretty much it yeah that was it and that and I was like dude Hank Pam should be all over S.H.I.E.L.D. like yeah. the, he worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. he I mean Peggy is mentioned why not Hank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, Peggy's one of the founders. Obviously, I would have been Peggy Parham and Hank. But yeah, I mean, think that some of that technology or some of those plans don't be around and that Hank would have had like more of a, like his, the, like his legacy would be remembered. And, and, and I mentioned this in our, in our last, in our last episode when we were, when um James and I covered Spider-Man Homecoming trailer, it would have been, it would have been nice to see a deleted scene with Michael Douglas and, and Emily Camp like with, and Hank Pym said, you know, I hated Stark, but I oh, I always liked her. She was really yeah. good. To me. After my wife died, she was really. Good. So that would have been we, nice. But... So we we go back to the base. We go back to the old headquarters, and some really I'll weird, help. awkward stuff between fake May and Coulson. Between May and Coulson, it, it, it and didn't I feel, don't like it. I don't like it either. But I mean, I was like, I don't know if you scrolled back through my tweets, Nikki, but um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like the last thing I said was, uh, please don't let Coulson fuck an android. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't see that one, but yeah, kudos to you for for that. Um, I <laughs> it's I just really gross. fear my it's fear gross. my fear is that they're doing fan service. My fear well, is they're, no, doing they're, what, they're, they're doing once what they upon did a with... time did with Hook and Emma, no. and they're like, we don't care if they have no chemistry. The fans like it. No, and... here's what they're doing because they did the same thing with Ward. Um, they're taking what the fans want and they're giving it to us in a way that we were not expecting and we're not all that enthusiastic about. <laughs> we don't want it. I mean. 
uh, we said many times I am not a shipper and I am not a Felinda person um, I think men and women can just be friends um, <laughs> and I think that that's a more powerful bond because here's the thing we, we did it with the romance hello moonlighting we did not want Malcolm Reynolds and Zoe from Firefly to get together so why are we doing no, this she's married to watch yes but but again but, but again like I said it would have been just as awkward as Zoe and Mal kissing at that one episode you yes it's just they're kind of like I like seeing an example of a, uh, of a strong male character and an incredibly strong female character who have a great chemistry but it's not romantic and I well, don't want them to be building to a point where they're like Coulson starts to develop feelings for Maida and then well, May comes back and it's like it's like Cordelia and Angel on Angel it's like <laughs> well here's here's I see two ways they could make this happen like happen quote unquote and like still have it turn out okay one colson like is already already knows like secretly he's just like trying to let it play out because he doesn't he doesn't know where it's gonna go and he doesn't want to like jump the gun so or two like something happens but then like colson um once may comes back colson's like oh that didn't happen never mind so we're just gonna stay where we were right now and i'm just gonna forget all that because that was not you and i think he i think colson would have it in him to respect that and know that yeah that's not Never mind, I shouldn't be assuming anything because it didn't happen. Because Coulson knows May more than probably anybody in that team. So he kind of telling his eyes that he doesn't know. He knows something's up with her. Kind of, I, ho- I'm kind of hoping he's of the thing going. But she, the Maida is oh good. Like I think, I feel like that's know. like we thought we were like well, before we realized what was going on. And girl, she doesn't know what she is. Any, we yeah, she doesn't we either. Know anything different? She doesn't know anything different. I mean, we're we're all going like oh that's May. And I thought that was brilliant too that she doesn't know she doesn't know herself that she's not. I like right. that's yeah. gonna be interesting to see if like um once she finds out like what's gonna happen. Right. Will Maida fi- have feeling Coulson or is she? And then have to, to um, deal with the fact that wait, wait, I'm a robot. I'm I'm an LMD. Or if she's like programmed like subconsciously to actually start doing this because well, it's Well it's kinda like the Fred and Illyria or um I'm sorry, the Illyria Wesley air quotes relationship on Angel. Where like it's not it's not Fred it's not Fred and but you're still you still wanna be with her because she looks like the person you once loved. It's kinda that's like a, right. that's the that's a vertigo relationship which yeah, is fucking yeah. creepy. Oh, but, thank you for mentioning that i i love that you invoke I, vertigo. like i vertigo like i know it like visually it's a great movie but just a story oh like ugh. Yeah, well it's yeah. supposed to if you've watched like I'm, hitchcock is one of my favorite directors if you watch his films there is an uncomfortableness in his relationship and i think and i think they want to keep uh, the writers of this series want to keep it kind of like close and kind of off balance with his relationships because yeah. he kind of needs to be that to like do his job well if he's in love with somebody it's not he's not going to be he's not going to be the same guy and it's going to be kind of creepy if we find out for example that like Radcliffe is like has made as um control panel is like starting to put moves on Coulson it's just gonna be creepy no I don't need to I don't want to see that yeah I'm just saying like and I feel like I know that I know Big is like a big yeah let's I'm like no but she's not saying that like in like a serious way it's not right for the characters I'm just like it's not who these characters are but if she's not really being May Maida then I'm like no it still can't happen because that thing of just because you look like someone they're the, you could treat them the same just because they look it's like no they the personality it's like the vertigo thing yeah like they're totally different person I think I think one of the brighter <laughs> spots superficial of, of like Hitchcock when he did that when he wrote that story it's like it's incredibly superficial it's just loving someone
for their appearance. I th- the I th- Colton is not like a person. Like, sw- like switching gears for a little bit. I think one of the lighter moments of this episode was the interaction with Macalena. Hey, yeah. Macalena. <laughs> yeah, I I did love that. He she comes he comes to her room and it's like, oh yeah, 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 and it's like, oh. We have I, I love that line. I love that line. We need to make Radcliffe watch all the Terminator movies for salvation. I was like, I, I did want to say that, like, the robots always attack. Have they watched movies from the 80s? The robots always attack. And I was like, but Mac was so freaking paranoid about robots. And I'm like, this is not Asimov rules. Yeah, think of- you have to drop the Asimov and not, this is an LMD. This is, you cannot just rely on a prejudice against robots. Yeah, he hasn't met the vision yet. Just about Mac a lot is that like he seems to have a lot of these um just like ingrained prejudices against people because he started out that way in season two with the Inhumans I think oh and, totally um, yeah and after getting possessed the first That's... time and getting possessed at the winter finale of season two yeah, James yeah. I absolutely agree with you I think you know he had all these things he had to overcome and then once he did it was like he, he also had to overcome his prejudice of the sh- of shield like and, he was on one shield team that we didn't know about but he had a prejudice against our shield team and and later the Inhumans like James and said the Inhumans then and then Robbie. Who was his partner. Daisy, who he protected and, and adored. And then it was Robbie, who he became, who came to respect. And I think that, I don't think this Ada is helping <laughs> his prejudice against his bizarre oh, Asimovian uh, robot thing. You know, the, you know, if you don't know, Asimov's Laws of Robotics. <laughs> watch, don't watch, read the book, I, Robot. Don't watch the movie. But, um, but in, but, but in. It's not good. But in, like, to, but in the same way of Senator Nadir, Mac is, like, the re- representative of how like everyday normal people would react to this kind of right is like, an initial wariness but then with education and exposure acceptance and and i like how like mac and elena like both vibe about both vibe about this thing mm-hmm. <laughs> they're on the same wavelength with each other and i love it they are just the best and I, and I love it it makes them the cutest little couple i like i like the, couple. i like the insurance joke it was other insurance robot insurance yeah, yeah. like my brother could be a rich man. You talking shit? Like you can do that. Yeah. Well, Shel- if Sheldon can prepare for a life uh, when uh, the singularity happens, then on Big Bang Theory, then yeah. I, yeah, makes- I, 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 it was nice to have like that kind of like sweet kind of humor because this episode was pretty heavy in terms of like it, it was. The it was nice matter. to have it. That as the battle progresses, they were a real team. They worked really well together. The fight scene and then the shotgun act came out. Yeah, and I and I love and Ada lost her mind. And before and before. I forget. I like that it seems that Gemma and Daisy have kind of mended fences. Like, they're, right. they're, they're friends again. And it wasn't a big part of the episode, but it was nice to see, like, okay, because out of all the people, like, Gemma was the one who had the least problem with Daisy. Like, well, at the beginning, she did. At the beginning, she was as wary of Inhumans as the rest of them. Like, she oh. was, like, remember, I remember yeah. talking, like, Dan and I talking and when that was going on, when, like, Gemma was, like, really not, she didn't, she was very pulled back. She was scared of dating. And she did not want to really deal with the whole thing. It was through education and exposure that acceptance happened. And and I, I'm also forgetting real quick, um, was it Gemma or Daisy who tried to run after VJ after... She, after um, it was Gemma. Know? It was Gemma. Okay, Gemma. Making sure. she, and, she has the relationship with And her I like that Jeffy like, like said, to, said to her, like, you did everything you could. Yeah. You made a choice. That's right. not on he, he was absolutely right. I think he we needed his voice in... Say, we needed his voice saying that. And I would 
would like to say Elizabeth Hentridge needs more action. Yeah. Elizabeth Hentridge needs more fight scenes. With the more Southern undercover action. scenes because she's she a good Southern is she accent. Friends Her with Southern me. accent was pretty good, but Brit do amazing American accents. I wonder if she's that. friends with Haley Atwell because Haley Atwell did a lot of like that type of thing in Agent Carter. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> I what? absolutely love seeing Gemma go undercover. I because it was very Agent Carter like, you know where it was. Piggy, it was, would, but, Piggy would act like a total, total like dizzy. Oh, I'm sorry, I get so confused around books. But I, I, I love seeing Gemma in in the field, which she doesn't really get to do a lot. And I was like cheering for her. She put that guy's head into the wall. I was just like, oh my god, Gemma, we need more of this. Well, her time um, on Maveth like obviously <laughs> seemed to have hardened her. Like she's not like the same woman that we knew in season one, where she right. could barely she's, throw a she's punch. not Hermione from the beginning of the Harry Potter series. She's more Hermione after the events of the Deathly Hallows, where it's like, you know what? I'm gonna take on the Snatchers, and I'm gonna take on Bellatrix. You know, stand up to Voldemort. It was like she's she's gone through a war, and now she's come out stronger. And that's what wars do to you, unfortunately. But I they either break you or make stronger. I, I need I need to mention this before we go any further. I think the writing, the directing, like everything was on point. I think that's one of the best episodes of the season. Agreed. Yeah. And one of the I, epi- I, I greatest episodes of the series. I just, I just but, love that this show just keeps getting better and better the more it goes on. Which is why yeah, we, we have, need a we season have, five. We have, we have episodes that are like, oh, not great, but you know, they progress the story. It was a, it was a plot driven. It was a filler episode, like the one, episode. like the one on the roof in uh with in Miami or whatever with right, um, exactly. Elena. But it she did what it needed to moments, do. But yeah, but I think this episode was really strong. I agree. The writing and directing were on point, and I want more episodes that are this strong. And everybody got right something to do. Of humor. Everybody had a job, and it didn't seem like people were thrown in for the sake. Oh, we need to give it something to do, or we need to give so and so something to do. So let's stick him in the scene. Which is everybody what happened a lot in the last season. That was one of the yeah. weak points of last season. Is that everybody... yeah, which, is, which, which is why I say like I love Bobby and Hunter, but I feel like getting them off the show has helped the show feel more condensed yeah, and more like streamlined. Well, yeah, it, it does a little as much as I would love to have them back. Um, I don't. I think it might make the show top heavy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so big now that you could pretty much plop them anywhere. You could plop them in the Defenders storyline. Like, they're living that in... Would I, cool, I was, actually. That I'd would like be really to see cool. them in the in, in the in story, because they do have the experience, and they were two of the most accepting. Yeah. But, but, but also, anyway. the, the thing is, like, um, they're not... Uh, the only role I can see them being is liaisons, and they're not diplomats. No. <laughs> Especially yeah, not Bobby Hunter. Could, Bobby could be... Hunter would just talk about much soup. Um, but... It's good so soup. Ada has, so we think that we've seen the last of Ada, and turns out... You have not. That was only Which, one Ada. That props to Ada, Mallory Jansen, because she is an amazing actress. Like, this yeah, great job. yeah, she showed her she showed her performance chops in this for sure. Yeah. She wasn't I just this, she wasn't just playing Data, was, female Data from Star Trek. She was actually I, doing some, some. I still think the episode where Coulson and uh, and uh, Fit and Ghost Rider were trapped in that other dimension, and she had to do all that physical work. I still think that is like her find out. Um, but acting wise, like pure dialogue delivery, plot wise, I think this was like so strong for Ada and for Mallory. Um, she just nailed it because she we all bought it mm-hmm. not one of us I think who were watching that show was like oh oh well she there's more than one of her yeah she never betrayed a thing and could that be because even though you know the actress knows because she's obviously playing both roles but did the, all do all the Adas know about the other one well I mean um Radcliffe this, was talking about the other one right in front of right. the one there so right so just, does did that did that first Ada know about second Ada does is there a third Ada that's well, not me well, one thing that is Ada? very very clear about this episode that the Darkhold is not is now in the position 
possession of Dr. Radcliffe. Maybe not in no. physical form. It's not, it's not possession it's not. of Radcliffe. It's still possession of the rest of the team. But, but, yeah, they, they got it back because they cut off eight head and dropped But But did Radcliffe have time to download it into his system somewhere? I doubt. It, I it's, don't it, think the, so. the Darkhold can't be downloaded. It's like... Because, because of the way they were talking about it at the end where he was talking oh, about Oh, right, right, right. Because Manda Mark II. Oh, yeah, right. Like, we, need to, we need to get the Darkhold. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Like, because, okay, they, but because Radcliffe still has a desire to actually get the actual book back. Study. Right, he needs. And Ada could have read it, but it doesn't mean that it downloaded in any format. And also, like, I feel like the Darkhold has so much information in it that, like, no matter what Ada read, like, it's not the entire thing. I'm sure. Right, there's. Yeah. It only shows you what you want to see at that point. My I only think. question now is why do these, uh, other than holding her captive for logistical reasons, are they using May for more than just more than just like holding her captive? They're, yes, they're we'll definitely next week. They're, they wouldn't be keeping her alive except for an inherent sense that he is a doctor he can do no harm really he's not going to kill her for no reason um, but they have to keep her alive for some reason there's got to be some reason either they're mining her memories or they're mining her you know or just so that she doesn't interfere with what made right. is doing yeah because right. they, like Radcliffe is intimidated by Mac intimidated by Coulson but he sees Melinda May as a legit threat that will not be taken down by you know like flim flam like sweet talking horse crap well right. she's also his best way yeah, because she's like she's right she, next to Colson, and you can't exactly you can't have a robot do Colson's job. Yeah, she's the left hand of God. So, yeah, and uh, the hand of need, the king. Yeah, you <laughs> as need. Were. Yeah, you need. Well, he he is missing one. In uh, post in post season one, Nikki's right. She is the one person that he Colson trusts more than anybody. Yeah, absolutely. even after all the things, he always turns to her. Even I mean, so I mean, it takes him maybe half an episode to forgive May, and whereas it's taken how many episodes to even come close forgiving Dave? Because he was. Coulson respects Maria Hill, but they're not really friends. Like, May and Coulson are friends. Yeah. And so we don't know what Rekka's heads are, except probably total other world domination, like most bad guys land. I don't so, think it's world domination, just as like a quest for immortality. Like, he even said yeah. he's mostly about immortality. And cue, in the cue, the maniacal laugh from the 2011 Muppets film, please. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Oh, Muppet. Sorry. I missed I miss that show. Yes. Dan so and I loved covering that show. <laughs> Okay, so that ends our discussion of the week, and we have some listener feedback from our good friend Aaron at Rain Beast. Just hateful. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. Ooh, just made it. My batteries, iPad, me are running low. Falling asleep while writing this because life is exhausting right now. Hope you love the episode like I did, and here goes with my tweets. Feels weird the Age of the Shield is back already. This break was a lot shorter than I'm used to. Actually, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Still too, um, I feel like it's, uh, couldn't have come at a better time, though. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh yeah, this is where Agents of Shield left us with May not being May. Oh. <laughs> um, I look, must keep you hidden as a secret until you substitute a certain purpose until the end of the episode or until the end of the season good question <laughs> isn't it totally so it seems like well we'll tell you about this in spoilers um ooh LMD May didn't like hearing that the team is going to erase Ada mm. maybe yeah I mean that, that's the big question is like how self-aware is she that's exactly the, and it's something because May, May did like Ada and it's something really it's something really unique a really <laughs> unique situation for Ming Na Wei to play like yeah. an actress in, in a already established role really gets a chance to like venture out of that role like play somebody else maybe but like play you but knowing you isn't you you know what I mean yeah sorry sorry that we like gone off course my fault it's okay you made a good point so James you still with us 
looks like looks like James is like not with us at the moment. Um. Okay, I'll continue. Okay. Okay. Uh, so next tweet in movies, robots always attack. Quote: I'm with Mac, especially calling Fitz and Radcliffe chucklehead. Yeah, that would happen. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Johnny Five and Wall. Sweet little things with biggest robot hearts. I'm mostly with Mac then. <laughs> thank yeah. you for <laughs> mentioning. Are, thank you for mentioning are. Johnny Five. Thank you so much for mentioning Johnny Five. Johnny Pipes in the credits. I haven't seen since he died heroically on the last ship. Now it I had done. never watched that show actually. Me neither. So. Now he's a baddie. Yeah. Um, you know how boys are with their robot, Gemma. Actually, no, I really, actually, I really don't. Daisy, Daisy's type isn't usually adorable nerd. Yeah, that's why her and Fitz. That's why her and Fitz would have never worked. I do wonder, like, if they're like they might, they probably won't because they haven't really established anything with them yet. But um, when and if Daisy and BJ meet, like, I wonder what their vibe is going to be because I don't know. It's even even now it's hard to tell exactly like what kind of a guy VJ is. Are they gonna do like a Madame Medusa like Black Bull kind of thing? Between, Who knows? Between like, no but I mean, there's no reason why because like um, Medusa no and Black Bull, they're all they're husband and wife. I'm not sure that. Well, no, but like, like no, Daisy the, when Daisy meets Inhuman, she's always got that compassion and she always wants to help. Okay. So I think that's the same thing. And I think when she finds out that the, you of know, course this the is question, going on. and that's go all yeah. romantic, but it's like you you tend to fall in love with somebody that actually has a lot of a lot of the same background as you more often than not. Yeah. My question though becomes like what does um uh like how's VJ going to react to other Inhumans I guess like because it seems like he didn't exactly have a favorable opinion of them before he wouldn't he terrogenicized but I feel like him being one like he could either take the James route or he could take the Daisy route so uh, or the or the Joey route even like because we haven't seen Joey in forever either he he wanted to have a real life yeah so so. you gotta love that but I want him back I I feel like if um VJ does like if Joe like if VJ does find out about Joey I think he's probably gonna like that's gonna be a good thing like oh here's the idea what if like they bring they ask joey to come in and talk to vj and just say hey i'm not an agent i don't want to be an agent i'm just leading a regular life like this isn't something you can do man and then you have the option to to james's point and i really don't want daisy to be in a relationship right away again i think they i think they've done a really good job of making daisy on her own and even though she's back with the team i think she's she's really rounded herself out to just be by herself for the time to paraphrase and abode no relationship chip <laughs> except for mac and elena and fitz and simmons mac elena and fitz and simmons that's it we're done we're full <laughs> speaking um, of the director here comes little smithers now simmons making a simpsons joke could i love her more smithers. <laughs> thankfully, of- <laughs> thankfully that's uh, not a romantic relationship in this show oh, uh the best of base the public was trying to get you now they look up to you you were just trying to check the innocent yeah, yeah. He, he came around a little like he makes more and more which means jason amara will eventually break my heart again thanks so much yeah. <laughs> probably i read i read the motivational poster in the bathroom Come on, Daisy. It looked like Jason O'Mara really wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take over for a little bit here. Okay, go for it. Um, The director, Daisy, and Simmons going on a mission. Team building exercise. This will be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, (laughs) a team that trusts a team that something or other. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, Why would you want to hurt me, Leopold? I have a shield. Ouch. Rounds of applause for Mallory Jansen. I love that she's the only one who gets away with calling him Leopold. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I wonder if Gemma started to do that. That would probably freak freak Fitz out at this point. I I think it's because that's 
that's not how his name is listed. It's not Leo. No, it's it's well, well, no, I think that's the way. He, like his his name is like listed, listed in, like on the shield or, official yeah. staff. Yeah. It's not Leo. It's not Leo. It's not. It's not Fitz. It's the Leopold. But he could say call me Leo, but he doesn't. Yeah, I don't think she ever. He ever asked her to do that though. So. Yeah, I think he likes it. Yeah. <laughs> so seven months inside a cocoon. Someone better play me poets of the fall. Read Harry Potter and carve eye holes so I can watch Jesus the Shield. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you didn't want a technology to fall into the hands of a director you didn't know. I love when people start getting along. Yeah. I mean, I have to give Mace credit. He is very quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is. Um, there's a nice little respite from all distrust and strife. How, that, was, that was a nice rhyme, Aaron. Good one. Um, <laughs> how long can it last? Not long. No. Since you both have experience with undercover work, it's so fun watching what a good little liar Jim has become. <laughs> um, Daisy's comment about seeing Zoons being kidnapped multiple times. She is a trouble magnet. Eh? I mean, that's your kind of Leo's trouble, which I don't really she, see. She's not Dawn from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. No one slams Simmons against the wall and gets away with it except Leo. <laughs> not really slam. Have- well. <laughs> you have to answer to... Co- oh, Gemma can handle it herself. <laughs> um, can't imagine being so heartless I kill my own brother for something you couldn't control. Uh, yeah. Um, and I love the look on Nadir's face throughout this entire episode. She doesn't say that much, but what she conveys with her facial expressions speaks volumes. I have never had sex with Ada. We're just good friends, Radcliffe. I love love the look on everybody's expressions when he says that. We didn't ask because we don't care. Well, I mean, um, Mac did say sex, Bod, so I feel like that's something that Radcliffe should possibly have stepped in to say, but I guess it's not something you tell the whole room. Again, another Buffy the Vampire reference. <laughs> um, bit more than we needed. <laughs> um, robots always attack. Yo-Yo and Mac are in sync. Yes, true. No, please don't pair Erlelum D. May with Coulson. He's had enough tragedy. Yeah, true. John Hannity and DeCastic are adorable together. Now I have, now I have to hate Radcliffe again. Sad. <laughs> I, it makes me also really sad when people just put sad at the end of a tweet because it automatically reminds me of the orange Cheeto and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. um, how many times have we been locked up together, Erlelum D. May? Huh, hard to say. First time with a robot, though. <laughs> I love that moment. Well, then it should be comforting and homey. <laughs> Musical note emoji. Can't get enough of that shotgun, Max. Mac <laughs> um, has death by robot insurance. <laughs> Fitz, Radcliffe, do you really think it's safe to stop Ada by yourselves? I mean, no. <laughs> they can try. <laughs> um, better, him, better him than Mace's, better them than Mace's assistant, right? True. <laughs> Roll credits. Mac and Yo-Yo having a great time, but that was a bit messed up. I mean, yeah, I was kind of like surprised that they just like straight chopped her head off. I was like, wow. Does <laughs> anyone else expect Legend very evil dead blood? by the way yeah yeah was that what you're saying blood to come up because i mean she is a life model decoy so i mean if you no. cut that off it's kind of no i didn't expect it but i did think they should have cut to commercial at that point but i was actually kind of glad they didn't yeah i mean it's, it's, it's funnier when they just say it like that and by so, the way like i forgot goes, okay i, I forgot yeah. i forgot to mention this in the main show i love that the shield offices still have apple twos any children <laughs> of the 80s loving those moments they still have like black floppy disks and apple twos. Oh, they're very interesting. Well, they're not gonna get hacked. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, we're gonna go play Oregon Trail now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where in the world is Carbon San Diego? <laughs>
Wu and I are totally aging ourselves. Are we? <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah, um, okay. Hey. Ooh, spoiler-free blank. You bastard had me fooled. Had us all fooled. Um, oh, poor unknowing Coulson. He looks so happy staring into the soulless eyes of an android. <laughs> okay, that's something Mac would say, though. Um, yeah. The last shot with the chopper reminds me of when Fitzsimmons were in the ocean. Oh, good point. Yeah, did me too. So. Okay, that was more tweets than I thought. Now I'm really, really, really tired. I like, had like 20 hours of sleep in the past week, struggling now to keep my eyes open after to write this. So good night. Have another amazing show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. And I hope your mom feels better and let us know if there's anything to do. If you like what uh, Aaron tweeted to us and her comments, she does have her own website at uh, rainbeast.com. So you can check out her thoughts on other TV shows and mm-hmm. prop there. So we have one email, our, our email from Morgan. Indeed. Hey guys, happy new year and hope you had nice holidays. I did. I got ancient, I got Agent May Pop. So. Oh, very cool. They have Agent yeah. May Pops? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's the only one. Uh, I have Colson and I have two Colson because I'm yeah. the one with Lola. And then I have uh, Heggy, but I don't have May yet. Or Daisy? Or da- I don't need a Daisy. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Daisy. <laughs> no offense, but she, if you look at the pops, some of them just look like anything. Yeah, yeah. the Colson Pop actually does look a lot like Colson, I will say. Yeah, it does. And Peggy one has the hat and the dress. But sometimes they just look like random people. It's just the whole costume. So I like, like, I'm looking at part of my Funko Collect right here. They all look exactly like her. Yeah. From yeah. the Doctor Who shelf to the Game of Thrones shelf. The, yeah. I really yeah. like the detail on the Kamala Khan pop. I got that for, for a friend of mine. They got it at Walgreens. You probably seen them. They're really cool. May has yeah. a, um, yeah, May has like her, those. May has like her shield jacket and then there's like a shield patch on the shoulder and then there's. No, hers, hers looks like, hers looks like her. It's like yeah. the Supernatural ones. The only one I have Crowley because they all look just like random guys. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Marvel vs. Funko Pops. <laughs> yes, um, and I, I work for Walgreens so I get all the exclusives. Yeah, Walgreens has some great ones. They've got some. Yeah, let me know well, if there's any missing. Shield. Oh, yes, please. Okay, I'm a bit delayed watching this episode. It's late at night, so here's just a few quick initial thoughts. Well, Agent is a jet agent, agent now. Yes. Ada's <laughs> um, super crazy, and how dare she throw fits through a glass wall? Not okay. Serena deals an evil, evil person. Evil! Capital letters. <laughs> evil! <laughs> the fruit of the devil. Yes. If somebody uh, knows what that reference is from, I will make it. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Simmons and Daisy going undercover. OMG, Simmons the sudden accent was so great. Yep. Um, Simmons has been kidnapped like three times since I've been here. Well, at least twice on this planet. <laughs> it's definitely my favorite line of the night. And OMG, she handled herself so well in that fight scene. Damn, Simmons, you go, Simmons. Um, Mac's entire outlook on the androids and his quips about them taking over the world are so very hilarious and so very Mac. And then Elena basically school echoing everything you've been saying was just perfect. Yo-yo Mac forever. <laughs> um, okay, so LMD May was on our side, but now he has messed with her with that. Uh, not cool. You're using her to pull info from Coulson. Yep, not good at all. Curses, curses. Okay, Mac with that kill shot, he finally got to use the axe part of the shotgun axe, and then the fist bump with Yo-Yo was A+. Totally. And now Radcliffe is turning to the Darkhold's Darkhold side. <laughs> I like that, too. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't be trusted after Stinger at the end of last season. He's just too shady and too selfish. And finally this week, Stinger. Um, so we don't... So we think maybe VJ wasn't totally dead, and there's still some Terrigen flowing around the ocean, causing him to cocoon again? Or maybe it's like Link Karate was in the cocoon for several months the first time around, so maybe possibilities. Maybe he'll come back with even more abilities. Don't know, don't know. Come back, great comeback episode, and I can't wait for the next one. It looks so good and full of action. So until next week, Morgan. Yes, and uh, we didn't award the shawarma award yet, guys, tonight. That's going to be hard because there's so many good performances, but I, I, I have to uh, go. Yeah, I, I would have to go with Melly Jensen. Yeah, I, I agree. So this week's shawarma award definitely goes Mallory Jensen and, for her performance. And uh, the, for male performance, it'd have to be uh, John Hanna as Radcliffe for this yeah. entire yeah. first half of the season. Yeah, 
not to, dis- not to discount up, anybody else because they did a really good good job, but yeah, those two by a, a narrow margin get the shawarma awards. So first runner up, in case the, the shawarma award winner cannot fulfill her duties, uh, <laughs> the first runner up is John Hanna, and he will take over Miss Shawarma. <laughs> okay, so if you'd like to share your thoughts on Agent Shield, remember to tweet us at across the airwaves at across airwaves. No the. To, uh, after each episode, or email us at across the airwaves at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at seven seven three eight zero nine three three three. So now let's roll that pre-recorded closing. Get at our across the airwaves podcast network website across the airwaves dot com. Okay, that's across the airwaves dot com. You can check out all of our podcast shows available as their own individual program. Get the iTunes Store, get Google Play Store. Guys, for the podcast shows, cut our network. We have the DC Nation podcast located at DC Nation dot across the airwaves dot com. Okay, that's DC Nation dot across the airwaves dot com, which reviews popular DC comics related TV shows and movies. There's also the Marvelverse podcast located at marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairways.com Again, that's marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairways.com which reviews Marvel comic related TV shows and movies. And we also have Thronescast, our podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website thronescast.acrosstheairways.com Again, that's thronescast.acrosstheairways.com In addition to these programs, you can listen to the original Across the Airways podcast, which is accessible at acrosstheairways.com which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes core Game of Thrones like The Walking Dead Doctor Who Star Wars Rebels Supernatural and more including sitcoms such as The Big Bang Theory and The Muppets also you can listen to Across the Airways the DC Nation podcast Thronescast the Game of Thrones podcast and the Marvelverse podcast on the mixed radio station code by Jack Rifle Stitcher Radio or if you use Apple devices download the podcast box app and if you're on a Windows or Android device you can download our apps from the Amazon Marketplace and the Windows Marketplace has a regular Windows or Windows Phone app because for how you can contact us to give your own listener feedback got the TV shows we review provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast as an experience or just want to say do you like what we're doing email us at acrosstheairways.gmail.com again that's acrosstheairways at gmail.com comment on our Facebook page follow us on Twitter got across airwaves there's no thought in it. it's just across airwaves join our circle got Google Plus or leave us a voicemail by calling 773-809-336 again that's 773-809-336 also when sending us an email please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to get this subject line give you our sending us listener feedback you want us to on the air I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page which features trailers for upcoming movies get television events along with this content the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic Con and it will be a great resource to find videos related to the Comic Con taking place in San Diego this summer to go along with our Comic Con special so if you're not sticking around for spoilers once again for our ATA podcast host Nico Reistag Michael J. Petty and Steve Nasher who had to leave us midway through because of life uh, I'm oh, Nikki that Amy. little thing called life. The game oh, of yeah. life. So much better when you're playing an important game for. <laughs> so I'm Nikki Amy. I am James Hafel with a southern accent that I forgot to use, but whatever. <laughs> I, I, I am I am Kim. In words the wise never play punch buggy with iron fist. is an unfair advantage. <laughs> so until our next episode, which is next week, we will catch you all Finally. in the Marvelverse. <laughs> I just can't shake this feeling. Something's off. There's a very good reason that Director Mace is never too far away from that briefcase. Sniper, get down! Everybody, go We need answers. <laughs> New Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. LMD. Next Tuesday, 10, 9 Central, ABC. Okay.
So if you stuck around for spoilers, you've just heard the audio for the preview of next week's episode, episode 10 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Patriot. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, also, and... can we appreciate how dapper Mac looks in the suit and tie and sunglasses in the picture that was used for this? Um... Please, please, the man the man will look good in nothing. <laughs> Yo-Yo knows that like for that, sure. You? Yo-Yo knows that for sure. Or maybe he'd, 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 look, he'd look good in boxers and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, Simmons, you are a very attractive man. But, so in The Patriot, separated from their team, Coulson and Mac discover a shocking secret about Mace, leaving all of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a precarious position. So are we all kind of in agreement that shocking secret has to do with Vienna? And that yeah. he's not really the hero, that it was, you know, at the UN, a uh, little meeting with the Sokovia Accord. Not that that was a good thing anyway, but... I guess we'll find out what it all means, because it has something to do with the briefcase, which I imagine is probably going to tie somehow into um, things like Pulp Fiction and Ronin. And it does not have <laughs> Spider-Man's web wings in them. I, yeah. I, I, I was thinking it might be a power pack. You know, he's never, he's never really away from it because it holds battery. Hmm. Um, Maybe. Because sometimes but, um, at the beginning he was a little bit robotic not like killer robotic no uh, no don't freak out mac i would i would like to hear some reference to the bombing done by um zemo and the ramifications that we saw himself generally see what zemo's all of the zemo's involved at all well, no, right. i mean i mean I, like i like um daniel Brill even said that civil war was a build-up was like an introduction movie for zemo so i want to see like if Zemo is going to have more influence on the future of the show or future of this I'm sorry, somehow. Daniel Brühl is very underrated in his performance in Captain America's okay. War. He's, he's an amazing actor and um, I love him in everything and I have to say, if you have not seen the movie Rush, which also stars Thor. Or Inglorious Bastards, he was good in that or, one. Um, he's brilliant in Inglorious Bastards, that is my favorite role he has ever read and I hate Nazis. But I if ju- you have not seen Rush because you thought, oh it's just a race car movie, go watch Rush because I got my best friend who is not a fan of any sport films, especially racing, to watch it. And we he absolutely loved it. It is a brilliant performance by Daniel Brühl, equally brilliant by Chris Hemsworth, who is so underrated as a dramatic actor. Um, Very underrated. Daniel Brühl is Daniel, and also underrated as a comedic actor. Because, I mean, if you've seen Ghostbusters, you know the man stole the movie. Um, and can also, dance like a dream. Um, but There's also a German movie that I saw with him in it called um, Deine Fette Tage sind ganz frei, or something like that, where he yeah. plays a... Uh, sort of uh, jaded young teenager who tra- who's uh and his he and his friends like break into houses and then rearrange rich people's stuff they don't steal anything they just like try to like make them feel uncomfortable and uh, precarious in their world and it's kind of it's a really that sounds like a very German was, film to me <laughs> that was such a good movie I totally forgot he was in that it was one of his earliest roles but I wasn't but, but going back you, to this if you watch nothing else Inglorious Bastards oh my god Inglorious Bastards him in that so I want more dead rule in life not just in the Marvel universe but um and it's a yeah, shame that him and Chris Evans only had like one scene together. Yeah, yeah, I would really love to see uh, Zemo mentioned, and I would love to, to know what really like more of what happened when that when the UN building in Vienna crashed. Or or a representative of the Wakandan government still trying to figure out what happened. Well, they did lose. Yeah, they lost their king, but I think that with Bucky being cleared, um, but Zemo still being kind of after him. Yeah, and Tony being after him now. Because because I I would not I would not like be against subbing Daniel Bruhl Zemo for Red Skull in the sense that he's the one that ultimately shoots Captain America. I would absolutely be fine with that. We'll see what happens, I guess. But um, also the other thing that was mentioned, and I saw this also on Facebook, that um, the uh, young actress who played the girl in uh, um, Bahrain is gonna is credited in next week's episode. So I wonder if um, May is going to have flashbacks when she's in the whatever thing that they're doing, that Radcliffe and Ada are doing to oh, her. Oh, the sweet girl that went nuts in the yeah. flashback? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really hoping that, I mean, what 
that looks like is they're mining her memory, and they, yeah, they which need to probably get to, probably to help um Maida. Maida be more real. But we'll see what happens. I I think it's interesting. Like there was that moment where apparently she breaks out and May is about to kill her, or Ada's about to kill her, or something, and Radcliffe stops her. So I wonder. I did wonder like whether that's just him being motivated, being rooted in like not really wanting to be fully evil, or if it's him just like wanting to ha- having more use for her later on. And then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I think it's it's more of a uh, he needs her, but I also don't think Radcliffe is evil. I just think he's megalomaniacal. I have a theory about the Darkhold, and maybe this is, and I'm sorry if I've mentioned this before, and I wanted to specifically say this in the spoilers. What if the Darkhold is property of Thanos? Well, it's um, and it's, it's his it way was to, property of the ancient one because it was it, in like there's a book missing in her private collection, yeah. so but, it was there. but what but what if at one point Thanos had it because he wanted to honor death or something? That would be. I think that because what is the theme of the MCU, everyone? It's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. So yeah. it's very possible. I when I think of like basic stuff, I don't think book, but um, I think it's very possible because Thanos is them. Yes, but I wonder and, who the uh, and Thanos, the and Thanos is sweet in his own way. He's just trying to impress a girl. Wait, okay, never mind. I was totally like, I re- I was gonna ask who the agent that they were gonna send the dark hold to was, but then I remembered. Wait, that was just like a total misdirection by the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it took me a minute to remember that too. I was like, because I was thinking, I was like, where are they gonna? Oh wait, no, that no, they're not. Gonna and, and if you're gonna actually send it to an actual person that you can trust, and Nikki's gonna like this one, send it to Eric Solvik. or send it to um the Asgardian guy who we who disappeared after Peter Sandy McNichol. Yeah, yeah, after we. <laughs> Berserker. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah. For, he knows yeah, what humans are, but they that's, never. Yeah, that's kind of who knows. I thought they should send it to. Yeah, no, yeah, no, or better known as Yano's Paha from Ghostbusters Two. Yes. Right. Where are you from, Johnny? Vigo. Best side. He is Vigo. <laughs> Yes. Lord of Compathia, Lord of Aldavia. Yes, but yes, but if you're gonna if you're gonna send it to somebody, send it to somebody you know you can trust, like so. Yeah, yeah. I think Selvig because nobody else would think of him as like being. But Col- he's also doing his own thing now. He's not a part of Shield. Um, Col- Colson, Colson would because Colson trusts it. Or and this is just a ref. And this is just something for Thor. me because um there was a the in the the techie guy from uh Thor um is his name the actor who plays him his name is Blake Silver and he was just in a project that I'm a really big fan of and he's. He's just a very sweet actor. Um, he's um, and he's the the project that he was in like has a huge fan group and we all love him. So and too bad uh, Jimmy I, I Alexander is somewhere again. Just <laughs> I just love Blake Silver. And too bad Jimmy Alexander. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I know who to send it to. We send it to Darcy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or too bad. <laughs> too bad. Too bad Jimmy Alexander has her own series. Now. I mean, good for her. But it, I mean, if you because she's been on Agents of Shield before, like Coulson probably wouldn't give it to Sip. So she could send it back. Sif would probably know what to do with it or have an idea. Sif would take it and give it to Odin, who we all know is Loki, and Which all would be help. Bad. But it would be, but it would be but really it would good. Be fun. It would be really good. <laughs> it would be really good connective tissue, like in my Fantastic Four script that I'm writing. That brings them into the MCU. Jim Simmons actually does have a role. So. That'd be interesting. Yeah, okay. like I have her. I have her like talking on the phone to somebody. It's like, hello, uh, yes, director, they're here. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. And then, and then she just goes off screen because. That that kind of connected tissue, I'm really good at writing. Like the <laughs> Easter eggs that like tie the we'll, whole story. We'll keep now. writing it because we need a good fantastic. Oh yeah, story. when I have time, when I have significant time off, I am gonna I, I am gonna write it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Yep. Well, thank you guys for sticking around for spoilers, and we will be back next week to discuss what actually happened on the episode. Where in the world is Melinda May? Exactly. <laughs> in what bath locked into this week? <laughs> and why do people keep stealing her face? Yes. Well, I'm sorry. If 
if I had a choice between faces to, to have that were not mine, I would definitely put Ming-Na in this. Yeah, Ming-Na Wen does not look her age at all. I'm so yeah. She's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, See you guys next week. You, see you guys next week. Excelsior!